Welcome to Into the Storm Leaders, the no BS podcast that ignites leadership potential and sparks innovation in the ever-evolving business landscape we all work in. I'm Joe Jurek, your host and catalyst for growth, joined by my co-host and Culture Shock senior coach, Pete Hansberger. Together, we embark on a journey to uncover the strategies, mindsets, and actions that drive truly exceptional leadership and winning culture. Whether you're an emerging leader looking to level up in your career or an accomplished executive seeking fresh perspectives. Join us as we uncover inspiring stories and thought-provoking insights from proven leaders and share practical takeaways that enable courageous leadership. Get ready to charge into the storm and become a catalyst for better workplace culture. Welcome listeners to a foundational episode of Into the Storm Leaders, featuring an interview with expert EOS implementer and our founder, you're a culture shock, Ron Kaminsky. Thanks, Joe. Excited to be here. You put a lot of time into this uh, studio here. Smells of rich mahogany. Mm. Leather-bound books. <laughs> Leather-bound books. Well done. Yeah, I- I'm excited about this one as well. And we- we've been working towards this for a while. Uh, listeners may have already heard uh, an introductory episode from myself and my co-host, Pete Hansberger, but this is an idea you've had for a while. And... Thank you for believing in us and empowering us to to run with it. But I, I'm excited to have you featured quite a bit, right? And while listeners are going to hear Pete and I on a regular basis, they're probably going to be pretty familiar with you as well as you, uh, you share some insights. So can you tell us just before we get into it, I have some questions I want to ask you and I, I think our listeners will benefit from it. Uh, but kind of talk about the start. You're a founder. You started Culture Shock in 2014. And that's about all I'll say about it, because I'd love uh, for you to talk about kind of the idea, how you started that journey, and what inspired you to embark on the mission of discovering, engaging, and growing leaders, which is still in place today. Yeah, um, happy to share. You know, this this business actually truly started in 03, 2003, and um, I came out of uh, college right before Y2K in 99 and went right into helping companies implement ERP systems. And, you know, to be honest, I watched a lot of dysfunctional implementation teams, um, just make things more complex than they needed to be. Um, a lot of egos in the room. And, uh, if anyone's been a part of a software implementation, we know it, it takes twice as long and costs three times as much. But I, I think that there is a, there, I always thought there was a better way and uh, kind of really discovered that I wasn't all that passionate about the software solutions. I was passionate about the team dynamics associated with uh, organizations that were looking to change things in their business. And everyone knows the terms around change management. Um, and so... Pair that with being exposed to some world-class athletic teams um, that I grew up around and in, and then, um, you know, some not-so-great teams, and to watch the dichotomy of great leaders on both fronts and to be leaders in some of those teams was uh, was something that always fascinated me, inspired me, and um, I think that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So 
2014, you're right, we spun the, we spun off Culture Shock, Culture Shock into its current form, and um, it's just been a rocket ship ever since. I'm glad you did. Uh, to know. Right? <laughs> and that we met uh, a year and a half or so ago, and it, I, I'm the newest member of the team, or one of the newest members of the team at Culture Shock. I can tell you, you introduced me to the Into the Storm mindset that this podcast is based around, that our programs are based around. And I, I've seen firsthand how impactful it can be. The connection between Culture Shock and kind of a, its origin and the buffalo and Into the Storm. Listeners might have heard it from, from Pete and I, but I really liked your take on the inception of it and, and what it means to you, why it's been such an important piece of this business. Sure, yeah. I'll be honest, I found this um, story. It was first shared with me um, right around 2010, 2011. I was actually at a leadership conference in Athens, Greece for an organization called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. And I was on, it was a global leadership conference and I was training to be a, a board member for our chapter and, and region. And uh, this story was brought to me in a breakout session facilitated by a professor uh, at a university in Spain talking about an American Indian tribal story right? Buffalo's charging into the storm. And as soon as I heard that, I, it was clear as day. This is what we have been helping our clients do since 03. It's what I want to continue to help our, our clients do, um, going forward. And I think we're really good at it. And so that concept of making exciting forward facing decisions, as opposed to fear-based decisions and knowing that we have to go through some storms in order to get to the other side. Um, that's always been something I think um, tried to handle head on in my personal life and then business. And then um, I am inspired when I watch other leaders do the same thing. So that's where it came from. Uh, I don't pretend to own the story, you know, analogy, et cetera. You didn't create Buffalo. Sure. Yeah. Others they, they are delicious, Dan. I do consume them. Um, it's more bison. But um, uh, for those high fact finders out there, people will make it very clear or are, are very clear to point out that um, the American buffalo is actually extinct. That being said, um, uh, so everything that looks like a buffalo that we call a buffalo right now is really bison. That that came from several high fact finders that have pointed it out to me daily. Um, come up to me quite a few times as well. Right. Uh, but who's going to let details get in the, in the way of a great story or an analogy. So to be fair too, I, I was in Denver a couple weeks ago for an event that I was facilitating and went to this wildlife preservation with bison and there were signs up all over the place for Buffalo. <laughs> so if even the preservation, uh, is tomato, tomato. Yeah, you get it. Uh, you mentioned how it not only inspires you, we've helped clients charge into their storms, embody that courageous leadership, and recognize it in the moment. I think that's part of the trick, right, is being mindful enough to 
the, oh, this is one of those opportunities to take the little bit more painful at times or uncomfortable path, knowing it'll get to a better outcome. What are the most notable ones for you in your journey? Whether they relate to culture shock or not, that's something we are, we want to accomplish in this podcast all the time is helping inspire others by talking with successful business leaders and entrepreneurs and having them share times that they've charged into storms successfully. You've got a few, I'm sure. What well, what comes to mind? Probably the biggest storm most entrepreneurs can relate to is the um, the financial crisis in 08, 09, and literally being within weeks of, of watching, of, of, of having to shut the doors on the business. And um, didn't have to do that. Um, had to deal with some, make some really tough decisions in order to get through that, survive that. We are way better off for it. Um, it was very humbling, um, but it's a lesson I'll never forget. Um, a lot of good entrepreneurs lost really great businesses in that, um, in that, uh, crisis. Um, just like Y2K, just like COVID, um, those experiences kind of hopefully stick with you. And I think we've done a good job of kind of curating our, um, lessons learned in our vision. So for instance, we went into that crisis, um, with about 60% of our business being tied to financial institutions. And we all know what happened with financial institutions in 08, 09. Right. Um, now we're very intentional that no clients more than 5% of total revenue here at Culture Shock. And so no industry and no industry is more than 10%. So, so we've been very intentional about that. And that diversification lesson was really hard earned. Um, uh, but it's something I'll never forget. And, um, you know, another one was COVID. We are in the business of facilitating in-person uh, team and leadership um, sessions for our clients, leadership development sessions, uh, strategic planning. Um, and so to go from 100 miles an hour to zero overnight and having to pivot, um, we kind of took the approach of, hey, we can either survive this downturn uh, in going virtual or we can become world-class and being able to facilitate in a virtual environment. And so that was another great example of the storms we charged into. Um, plenty of, plenty of storms in the personal life, but I would say, you know, the biggest challenge, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to is just trying to be a great parent in tough times, right? During COVID for your children, uh, you know, you're, I think it's true. You're only as happy as your most miserable child. And so sometimes your kids are going through it. And, um, uh, I can certainly continue to try to evolve as a parent, but you know, I think, I think we've got to be one of the things I also like about the way we approach this. And I think it's been intentional is recognizing people are, we're, we're all human beings. This is not a, nine to five or seven to seven type of an approach to people. We take a 24, seven, 365 approach to, to, um, 
the way we look at leadership development and the way we hopefully treat people here as, as team members. And, um, you know, sometimes people are going through something personally and it's affecting business or going through something in the business and it's affecting personal. So, so we don't pretend to think that, you know, people can compartmentalize and not have those affect each other. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a lot there and I'll tell you the, something that I, I felt and heard in each one of those instances and that I, I've seen it so much here is that intentional, um, the, the decision to be more intentional and whether it was COVID or some of the other challenges that you face, I think so often people just kind of let it happen and roll with it. And I, I've, I think that's a big component of Into the Storm. It has been for me and you've, you and the team here, I know you always say we eat our own dog food. Uh, I, it was the first time I'd heard that one was out of your mouth, but uh, e- even we advertise our principles through our actions truly. And that pausing, being more uh, mindful, intentional, uh, disciplined around addressing the reality of a situation and making a decision about how you're going to chart forward. Uh, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And quite frankly, out of COVID, it, that's a, a big positive benefit that I, I think a lot of people took from it in conversations I've had with them, whether it be parenting or uh, their business or just realizing I, I'm not spending my time how I want to. I'm not getting what I want out of my business or out of my time. Sure. Right. Sure. So let, let's, before we move on from it though, let me, let me talk about the flip side of those into the storm realizations. What about, has there been a time that you realized after you didn't charge into the storm on something and you probably should have, and you thought to yourself, man, if I'd only dealt with that sooner, it would have been a whole lot easier. Anything there that comes to mind for you too? I mean, we are, of course, there's, there's plenty of them. And, um, you know, I think the first one that comes to mind that I think every leader can um, relate to is people issues. Yeah. You know, when we have, when we in our gut know we have a people issue, it is very easy to kick the can down the road on that because that's difficult conversation. Oh, I can do that next week. Um, uh, and so that can easily, that kicking the can can easily become habitual especially when you're dealing with uh, people. And, you know, I think to um, no company out there is ever going to be batting a thousand on they make a hire right person, right seat every time. It's not going to happen. That includes us. Um, That doesn't make any of those people that didn't work out for culture shock um, bad people. They just weren't right fit for us. And... It, we wanted to find a place, find a way for them to succeed, even if it wasn't in here. And um, and so I think everyone can relate to the idea of procrastinating on people issues in our personal lives and in business, right? Um, how long have we kept relationships going with people that were pretty toxic for us, right? And I think so that's true for... Um, that's true for most of the entrepreneurs I know. And uh, 
I've yet to find one when I ask them to get really open and honest with me about, have you ever really had to part ways with someone? Not because we had to downsize, right? But because we had to let someone go because they were wrong person um, and regretted it. And to the person, I don't, I've yet to find an entrepreneurial leader that says, you know what? My heart of hearts, I thought that was the wrong person. I had to let him go. I did. And quite honestly, I regret it. I haven't found that person yet. So the data is telling me that uh, there's a lot of us out there procrastinating, especially on people issues and tough conversations. And if there's anything we're really good at that um, we are absolute students of is to find better and better ways of having those tough conversations because we genuinely care for those people and we want to be great leaders for them. Boy, that, that one, that one resonates for me. I, I learned it the hard way of, and, and recognized after that I hadn't charged into the storm, that I kicked the can down the road, held on to a toxic top performer for far too long out of fear thinking, our business was hinged to it, right? And for me, that was one of the most validating things that that trust my body, trust my instincts. Because when we did part ways, people almost came out of the woodwork, stepped up that I would have never expected to. Sure. And there were new levels of team performance that were were far greater than we were used to or accustomed to, right? It's, it's crazy how simple things can be, but how difficult they can also. Simple doesn't mean easy. Right. Uh, I've heard that quite a bit and I, I agree. The other thing before we move on that you hit on and I want to call attention to is the, we do care about people. It's not that, you know, quiet quitting does go both ways. I've heard this where, it, you know, management teams or leaders in general, they also have a tendency of writing someone off, right? If they've kind of given up on them and rather than addressing it directly or asking the right questions through curiosity to find out why, just kind of let it run its course, even though you can tell that person's not the right person, not the right fit, right? And probably not happy. So when you talk about somebody moving on, is there a, a kind way to do it? Is there a, a service that you can offer that person as well through like the conversation you have with them to help them figure out what they really want to do? Like what, if any experience have you had there? Uh, well, I think it comes, it's got to come from a mindset. Sure. There's a ton of techniques we can help deploy and we can talk into those, but I think the mindset's most if we genuinely care for someone, um, if it's gotten to a point where I feel like I have to have a tough conversation with someone, the chances that they are also unhappy and not feeling like they're excelling and not feeling in a right spot and not feeling inspired or, or tied to a vision that aligns with them, uh, I have yet to find someone that when that gut feeling is present here, it's also present on the other side of the table. Right. Right. And so, um, it kind of goes to, if I think it, I have to say it. Now that doesn't mean I say things without filter or without 
um, without care for, for someone else's um, livelihood and well-being, et cetera. Of course. I certainly, but I certainly owe it to open my mouth to that individual. And so if I, if I can just get quiet, listen to myself, um, in your heart of hearts, you know, and they know this is right fit or this isn't right. Right. So, um, that hasn't steered me wrong. I, I would say when I listen, it's when I don't listen, um, that we go through more pain than I think. Boy, and that's on both sides. Yeah. So huge difference between listening to comprehend, listening to respond, active listening versus waiting to speak. We'll talk more about that at length, I'm sure, in future episodes and such. But I've had that same experience when I had somebody that I knew wasn't a fit, when I did have that conversation. So often it was mutual. And it's the the times that I've actually terminated that person are actually quite low. But when it comes from a place of care and directness and being willing to lead and help that person think through where, where, what do you really enjoy doing? What's the reason uh, that, that we're seeing some of these things and they may not have had somebody in their life to help them be more intentional and, and set some goals and milestones and align work with their strengths. It often ends up being a, a better relationship that yes, it can lead to that person moving on. And I've tried to offer even support like in guiding them, connecting with a recruiter and really showing that it's not leaving things off on a bad foot, but it's kind of remarkable and not what you would expect that comes out of those conversations, right? That if you help people realize, hey, this might not be the place, but let's figure out what that is. And they end up being happier too, right? Like those are the... That's the healthy churn, the healthy sure. turnover that I think we all hope to achieve. And it's within grasp. We just often won't have that conversation because right. we think it's going to come off negative, right? Sure. Uh, so let, let's talk more about the, the creation of Into the Storm Leaders, the, this podcast. We've got some of the background on culture shock, how we started, how we got here, but just in the, the past year or so since some of these ideas started to to form for you uh, and you you know enrolled Pete and I to be you know some decision makers as well and to create the vision for this alongside culture shock let let's share with the listeners your your perspective on that so into the storm leaders what's your vision for it what do you hope that our listeners can take from this and like, why are they listening? Why would they tune in and sure. subscribe? Well, I think ultimately the audience is twofold. One is um, the entrepreneurs and their leadership teams that we're working with. So we're inside of well over 100 organizations. And we are, we see almost to the organization, the challenge that these companies face on the gap they have between their emerging leaders, middle managers, high potentials, and the um, and executive leadership, and even some of the some of these leaders on these leadership teams are still struggling with development because 
they might have grown up in the organization and now they're leading some peers and that's a tough transition for anybody. But what we have found is that all of these companies are concerned with and focused on trying to solve for sustainability and succession in key positions in those in those organizations. And so we feel pretty strongly that there is a there is a group of soft skills that have to be absorbed by high potential and emerging leaders uh, and mid mid managers in order to close that skill set gap needed um, if they're really going to play a succession role in their organization. So certainly we think that I think that entrepreneurs and their leadership teams are you know, can be tuning in to kind of hear about how we best go and grab them, engage them, and develop them, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Even identifying. And two is that high potential leader, middle manager, supervisor that really wants to be a leader in an organization. Um, And by the way, our version, our, our definition of leader is different than the formal title, right? Anyone can lead in an organization. That being said, if I, if I want to be leading other people, other human beings, um, that is something that I I think some people do for the right reasons and some people do for the wrong reasons. And, you know, ego for me and, and a title that I'm not saying those are wrong reasons completely, but that's some sometimes a driving motivator. Right, kind of have that, have that business card, have that title, um, be the boss, so to speak, as uh, Renee Bohr would say. Um, I think the best leaders, some of the best leaders I've ever watched operate inside of a business or a team, are humble, are soft spoken. Uh, they care deeply about their people, and they want to master their craft of leading those individuals and are being very intentional about trying to work on their own development. And so if you want to be able to provide another human being peak leadership experience, we think we have, you know, we've been students of it for 20 years, so we think we have certainly a curriculum that can help get people there. And so I think sharing some of those nuggets and trying to uh, kind of just give that away is part of the vision there too. So I think there's two types of audiences we're trying to play to or you know support with this with this effort of the its leaders podcast and the its leaders program. Um, but for sure, I th- I think there's an equation of its leaders plus its teams equals an its culture and into the storm culture for an organization. And so. Um, We've got to start with the individuals, though, yeah, and, and that's that's really where our focus is with its leaders. And uh, I, I want to talk more about culture and the connection between leaders and and culture. Before we do, though, when for the for those two listeners, right, for the emerging leaders, and, and I I agree, I've seen it, I've lived it. There's a lot of managers weren't necessarily put into managerial roles because of their leadership ability or their affinity towards strong leadership. And I get it. It's so often, if there's not a high performer individual 
contributor track, that's the only way for people to advance the livelihood and well-being, their position, their financial standing, for so many things, right? Aside from just title and ego and and that that piece of it. But I think people, most of them, have the potential to become great leaders and want to. They've just not necessarily been exposed to the right tools, mindset, sure. mentors, or Maybe they got exposed to them, but those people didn't have the capacity, right, to invest the time, right? Right, and 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 so here's here's something we often charge our emerging leaders or uh, that engage in its leaders program with. Who in your life has provided you with a peak leadership experience, like when you can look back to them and say, "Wow, that is the best." exposure I've had to a genuine leader, be it coach, teacher, parents, aunt, uncle, someone who left their mark, matter. right? An influence, boss, whatever. Um, and what were the characteristics of that relationship with you? Well, I can tell you after asking that question over a thousand times, um, to groups of leaders, the characteristics are they had higher expectations of me than I ever had of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it We achieved more than we ever thought we could individually as a team. Um, they weren't easy on us, right? They, uh, they didn't allow for excuses. Uh, they called us on our BS, all of those things. And yet, knowing that that's what we correlate with a great, and peak leadership experience in our life, yet we hold back on having high expectations for people because I'm, I'm, I am i can't have them quit, right? It's a tough talent market to find people and retain them. Um, you know, so, so yet we hold back on those things, but after we ask them to get real about what that, what that looked like for them, um, they start to recognize that, ah, this might be a path where I can actually intentionally provide this experience for someone else. And so that's what we're trying to help uh, people do is if that is part of your vision of, um, then then we think we've got a path there. I'm not saying it's the only path, right? We we think we've got a path there. So um, that's part of that vision. And I've had, some exposures to just amazing leadership experiences in my life. And then I've had some not so great exposures shared with me and I've learned from both of them. So my guess is most of the people that are be interested in listening to this podcast and taking in that content, those individuals are trying to provide that, that experience for other people. Yeah. Personally and professionally doesn't need to just be in the four walls of a business. I was with a group yesterday. Grand Rapids for Planet Fitness. It was all their club managers. And we talked about peak leadership experience and slowed it down and paused for a moment and said, now I want you to really think about how many people would say that you are their peak leader experience. Who have you had that level of influence on? And now let's talk about what's going to take to get there. And you, you touched on what I feel to be one of the the largest skill set gaps or or just 
areas of discomfort and fear for new managers, for first time, heck, mid mid career managers, and some senior leaders are the tough conversations, the finding a way to blend, not just caring and being compassionate. I think most people do genuinely care about their team and people, but confuse the way that they can show that most effectively with being too soft or pulling punches, not being direct, not giving that direct criticism. And when you're talking about peak leadership, being being challenged, somebody having high standards for you, pushing you beyond where you would have gotten on your own. I've I've seen that and that's been one of the most gratifying parts of my time with Culture Shock is that our programs for Into the Storm Leaders trust uh, or establish authentic trust, real simple communication and positive accountability. The way that those blend together. Yeah. Do you agree that that has been in in your experience one of if not the biggest hurdles to climb that defines a good leader? 100%. I mean think about it this way. We call it positive accountability here because if you and I talk about what you need to be doing for you to be great, to truly live your own vision, and then I don't hold you accountable to that, I am doing you a massive disservice. Yeah. On the flip side of that, um, a lot of us view this accountability as this thing that I'm going to impose on somebody else, right? I'm going to hold you accountable. And... I think that's the furthest thing from what real accountability is like. It's the perception. Sure, it's the perception. For a lot of you. Which is why I'm not comfortable doing this. Right. Well, that's not what we think positive accountability is. Let's have an open and honest dialogue about what you want for your life and your your future and your role and your experience. And let's go hold each other accountable to that. And the roles we both need to play. So um, that's where positive comes. It's probably the biggest gift we can give is holding them accountable to vision. And you can hear it, but until you experience it yourself, then it it takes that mindset, that realization, right? That it is truly a disservice. If we care enough about somebody, it's our responsibility to right? hold them accountable. I, there's a difference between comfort with having comfort with conflict and uh, effect and skillful conflict, right? I don't know a whole lot of people that are incredibly comfortable with conflict. Certainly there are some out there. Um, Get a thrill from it. Who, who just, that's their thing, right? right? And then they leverage that with people around them because they sense a less comfort with that conflict. That's not what we're talking about here. I We recognize that most people are uncomfortable. This is uh, fight or flight. This is in our limbic brains, right? This is how we're wired as human right. beings because it's life or death, conflict. Our brain doesn't know that I'm not being chased by a tiger when I'm just sitting here trying to ha- have a tough conversation with you because you're not meeting your own expectations. It's the same response internally. Internally, the same response. So... 
to us it's life or death internally brains don't really understand that difference and so if we can just charge into that storm what if we only need to be brave enough for 30 seconds to say you know what this makes me incredibly uncomfortable I care deeply about you and you know you're not putting everything into this like you had committed to what's yeah. going on how can I help so to kind of round things out talking about positive accountability there's one other thing I want to share and I don't I didn't think we've talked about this yet, but one of our, one of my coaching clients, we started working together because he was hold. He didn't really hold his team accountable or need to do a better job of doing so, but he had desire. We don't coach people who are for disciplinary reasons or something like that. It's when they want to unlock potential and get to the next gear. And he, he truly did. We'd gone through some of our tools. We'd talked trust, effective communication, introduced to some of these different principles that we've curated and created. And he told me the other day, like, so positive accountability, it's kind of an equation. I see how these fit together. Where if I'm intentional about building trust and I've made that clear, I've set honest expectations and asked for them in return, then gotten a commitment on what that looks like if one of us is falling short. And then when I go to have an accountability conversation or hold somebody accountable, I make sure to get my heart and mind right, to remember that it is a service, to remember that we've mutually agreed to this. And when I actually deliver that message, I do so with curiosity or by being more interested than interesting. And I deliver it or my positioning of things is a combination of being compassionate and challenging directly, being direct. So he fit together a lot of the different things that we had talked about into this flow that he was able to then set as kind of the standard expectation with his people. I was like, you, you kind of opened my eyes to just a, a way to look at that, that positive accountability is an equation of these crucial steps. You can't jump straight to accountability and expect it to be well-received, right? Even if there is compassion and care, it takes hard work to get there. Sure. Right? And but by, by Sounds like he's got a great coach. <laughs> I, I was pretty happy with the outcome. Uh, and I, I actually, I've since used it when explaining it because I think it's uh, a way that people can understand that there's just a simple, simple but not easy process. All right. Well, you just brought up something that I want to touch on as part of the expectation of the podcast because I'm not sitting here and I don't think you or Pete or I or any of us are sitting here thinking we're experts on culture, we're experts on leadership, we're experts on um on any of that. We're students of it. Totally. And so part of the reason for the podcast is selfish. Um, I know I have some clients that we want to highlight their stories of how they've charged into storms in their organizations. For sure. Uh, I think the audience will see themselves in a lot of those stories and, and 
quite frankly, in, you know, their lessons learned from those stories. And selfishly, I still want to continue to, to learn and grow. And so part of this was just uh, a selfish pursuit to say, hey, how can we get some really smart, inspirational leaders in this room sharing, you know, war stories, essentially, about uh, charging into the storm? And um, as you can imagine, being inside of 100-plus organizations um, and having worked with, as an organization, we've worked with over 30,000 unique leaders that we've had a positive and direct impact on, the impact that they've had on us is immeasurable. And so, I'm being honest, some of this is selfish. Yeah. So, appreciate you calling it what it is. I, I, yeah. I feel the same way. Like, we're influenced by so many things, whether it be a, a book or a podcast or a, a conversation that we have. And we've had this fortunate advantage that we do want to share, right, of coming into contact with some incredible right. humans and right. leaders, uh, even just in the time that, that I've been here, because we're in different industries and in this intimate setting where we're really helping people get more out of what they, sure, more of what they want out of the business. So how do you think, uh, when we're talking about the podcast's evolution, right, we're, we're in the formative stages uh, of recording and I, we're not just students of leadership. Like we're, we're students of this stuff too. We're figuring this, figuring this out right. as we go. I'm surely going to fall on Make my face as we go along. We'll give you some entertainment as well. When, uh, you know, a, a, a light falls on us one day or, you know, we, we butcher something. We're all right with that. Humble confidence, vulnerability. We'll mess it up. We'll get better. We'll learn other than just it being a better, uh, finished product and uh, something that that we get more confident and comfortable in. How do you see it evolving? Like if things go the the way that we want and potentially even better, if people do get the value that we are pretty sure they they can and should from this sort of sharing, how could this thing take off or or expand into more of a herd? Sure, right. Yeah, I mean, you just touched on it, a herd. I mean, that's, I think that's what we're trying to be intentional about. So when we uh, relaunched Culture Shock in its current form in 2014, we set a uh, core target of having a direct and positive impact on 108,975 leaders. It's a specific number. Very specific. At the time, it was the largest attendance ever at the SHU, the Ohio State Stadium down in Columbus. And we imagined an entire stadium filled with leaders that we've had a direct and positive impact on. Their words, not ours, right? And so to this, to date, we've had about 30,000 plus unique leaders in that stadium. And if every one of those leaders is uh, leading about 10 other people, we've had an indirect and positive impact on about a million people. So I think about, you know, our team, our collective team here at Culture Shock as, as kind of as a, as a little herd, right? Family inside of the herd. And then we think about the leaders we've had a direct and positive impact on you know, the larger herd and then, and then 
the herd of the herd, right? And so this whole idea of just trying to um, find, engage, grow, like-minded um, people um, by sharing best practices with each other in an environment where our guard is down and we are open and open-minded to the idea that the way I'm doing it might not be the best way. And quite honestly, we're going to continue to hone our, our content and our curriculum based on what we're learning. And that's never going to stop. And so, um, I just envision having a pretty positive impact on our customers, our region, um, and those leaders that get exposed to, to what we do. And so, why wouldn't we want to intentionally and exponentially grow that um, oh. that exposure? And I think this is a great great way to do that. I tend to agree, Ron. Uh, truly, like into the storm, the buffalo, or technically bison <laughs> mindset. It, it's it's powerful. I've seen it. I've I've felt it. And the like it's an honor to get to more expose more people to it it's simple it, it resonates and sticks and that's what matters most because then in the times where you are in a challenging situation you you think back to your training you think back to your tools you think back to, to what's simple and sticks when last thing there it, there's we talk about our uniques and what i i've truly experienced in other what someone perceive as competitors. I know we have an abundance mindset where if we're not the best fit, we're, we're going to tell you, and we're, we're happy to introduce you to somebody else who, who might be a better fit, but the more professor led classroom style curriculum, like where, where I've seen it and heard feedback is how, because we're always evolving because the world's changed dramatically and we're continuing to kind of iterate that that's something different that people relate to, right? That, that I'm excited to share. And I think that's, I've observed this shift when it comes to workplace culture becoming a, a bigger emphasis and there being that more authenticity, true self as a large component of that. Let's connect these two because we're talking about the development of emerging leaders, first-time managers, the secondary benefit of this podcast being for the executives who you know, want, want to keep their perspective sharp, want to keep pulse of changes. And I think the, the culture aspect of what we do and what we set out to achieve with this is probably going to be largely beneficial if I'm thinking about you know, when, when I ran a company or when an, an executive who's been in place for a while wants to continue to level up their awareness. So what's the connection? Our name's Culture Shock, right? Into the Storm is a big part of it. We're talking leaders, we're talking strategic planning, but where does the culture piece fit in? Yeah, so we work exclusively with entrepreneurial-led uh, organizations that are hitting the ceilings. There's some frustrations in there because they're hitting ceilings, and they they're they want help breaking through. They're they're obsessed with wanting to grow. Um, and growth comes in many forms, right? Top line revenue, bottom line, um, internal growth, et cetera. So I 
where this came from in large part was we saw a gap and we're trying to intentionally add value and fill that gap with its leaders. And I think that there is a place for, and certainly a need for the universities of the world to be developing, not just young people, but people in general. A great example, we wouldn't have appreciative inquiry as a philosophy and a methodology without Case Western Reserve and and its author Cooper Ryder. Right. And so here in Cleveland. That being said, very proud. That being said, um I think there is something to be said for uh taking a group of entrepreneurial leaders inside of an organization or cross functionally across multiple organizations and exposing them to um, the curriculum we've developed over the last 20 years that we've learned firsthand works in these these size organizations that we're working with, the small to mid-size and even some of the um, some of the larger organizations. So they can actually grow up together establishing authentic trust with each other with each other cross-functionally as they grow up in their organization or they grow up in their organizations together getting them speaking the same language versus i send this individual over here to this uh school for a certification this one does an online training this one is doing something else all those are great things and we think needs to continue but how do we get them actually talking the same language around what great leadership looks like um, and how do we get them actually solving real issues in their businesses as opposed to just esoterically talking about uh, philosophy, uh, leadership philosophy? And so we think uh, we've found uh, certainly, a, you know, our clients have told us that they have this need, and that's why we've developed the curriculum we have, right? And so we're ex cer certainly excited to share that. Um, value everyone that's contributed to that. Um, uh, and are not blind to the idea that we don't have all the answers. This is just a path in order to be able to intentionally provide a peak leadership experience for someone else, for sure. Not the only one. Right. So, and you know, you're, you're the, in my eyes, one of the kings of simplification. We always talk about simplify. Is it fair to say, take a page out of your book, as goes the leader, goes the culture? Sure. Uh, and Gino will say, as goes the leadership team. Gino Wickman, by the way, of EOS. Uh, we haven't talked specifically about EOS much yet today, but... We'll have time for that. We'll have, time, we'll have plenty of time for that. But as goes the leadership team, so goes the entire organization. And so to the extent that that team can be healthy, open, honest, vulnerable, talking about the real issues, we're not sitting on them for a day or a week or a month or a year and some family businesses a decade. Um, and so, uh, yes, absolutely. It starts with those leaders. And, um, I think we, uh, most people listening can attest that we probably need, we need more of those types of leaders, right? 
there's there's certainly we don't have abundance in that area um, is not an issue says most of our companies who are still sitting with open positions right and so um, if we can fill those from within all the better right if we can develop yeah. people internally in our organizations and give them a path inside of those organizations that says hey this is how you continue to add more and more value to this organization if you have these skill sets, right? And if we can help close some of those gaps and help these people become the leaders that they want to, um, everyone wins. No doubt. I, I'm sure I told you this. Yeah, when we first met, we, we talked for a while to make sure, again, right person, right seat. One of the biggest motivating factors for me and why I, I love this, like the impact that I want to make stems from my own experience, experience to shape our beliefs. And I, I believe that everybody deserves to know what it feels like to work in a healthy culture and to have a, a peak leadership experience. Like in my own, I was a beneficiary of some really bad leadership along the way and some great, and some great leaders that I will absolutely celebrate, uh, you know, in another episode. Beneficiary in the sense that told me what not to do, right? And it, it did help strengthen my own conviction around certain things. Unfortunately, I don't think everybody takes it that way. And I, people I care about deeply, when I, I ask about their experience, all they've really known are the, the negative, the downside, and have made decisions in life about the type of work they're going to do based on. They've kind of settled with the fact that, well, I, work is just not something that I get that mm. satisfaction or gratification mm. from. And for me, like that drives me because the work that we do, the impact that I want to make, I know with, at all levels of leadership, it, it's executive teams through EOS and the other things that we do, the the middle managers and emerging leaders through Into the Storm leaders, they have such a direct impact on people's lives mm. and and culture. So I, I never forget that because uh, I had somebody tell me once when I became a manager, like, well, congratulations, you just became the second most important person in your, your team's lives. I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, think about it. I'll, other than their spouse or maybe their children, people's boss or direct manager kind of swing in one way or the other a large amount of their well-being and, and livelihood and mindset. So I take that seriously, right? Right. Uh, Ron, I, I want to have you talk one or two more things here because, like, you're a founder. You've hit on some of this. You have worked. You've helped hundreds of different businesses, small to medium uh, sized organizations, all industries just get healthier, build their businesses faster, get more of what they want out of their business. So if somebody was just tuning in for this episode and hopefully they subscribe and come back for more when we dig deeper, but if they're just hearing this, what, what can you tell them? What insights or lessons do you think our listeners will benefit from most if you were to simplify it down, give them something meaningful. Um, trust your gut. Don't put off the important and tough conversations. And 
making exciting forward-facing decisions versus fear-based decisions is going to absolutely get you where you want to go faster. I also believe wholeheartedly every human, I, every person wants to be a part of something great. Not everyone knows exactly how to, the path to get there. And so um, there's a reason why we start with leadership teams and leaders in organizations. But ultimately, this, anyone can be a leader. I might not want to be a leader of other people, but I can be a leader in my organization. If I see something, I say something, and the chance that we're going to improve a process or client relationship because I do that, that's a form of leadership. And so um, everyone, if, if we start with the assume the positive, everyone wants to be a part of something great, let's just start there. If that's true, I can and should be open and honest with that individual. Second is when an organization is true truly aligned around a vision, like bought in hook, line, and sinker. This is why we're here. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. Not just part of the onboarding. Yep. This, yeah, this is who we are. They're all in on that. Those organizations don't have room or time for drama and dysfunction and, uh, and everything that's negative that goes with that. We have enough opportunities to be exposed to negativity in our, in our lives, given the media and everything that's going on in the world these days, why couldn't our organizations be a place where people go for that positive experience? And so we see enough people suffering through this, uh, work life. It's painful work from, I'd rather work from home. I don't want to be, why we're, we are built to be social beings. We're built to be surrounded by other people. And so that's not a knock on introvert versus extrovert there. That's just the truth. And so how can we design, help organizations intentionally design an environment where their people want, genuinely want to be there and be contributing in their uh, highest and best purpose? And so they do exist. Yeah. We talk about this podcast being no BS real world and some may not have experienced it. So they might think, yeah, yeah, that sounds nice. That's imaginary. They, they do exist. You've helped a lot of organizations get there and uh, guided them. They did a lot of it on their own as well, right? Because uh, they did it all. They did all the hard work. We just held up a mirror. And, you know, when we think about um, this idea of, drama in organizations and or we get some unhealthy and lack of trust in leadership or lack of trust cross-functionally in other people and us versus them type of mentalities um, the root cause there is is really are we bought in around a common vision when we are uh we're not gonna we're, we're not gonna have time we're not gonna sweat it we're not gonna have time for it uh, that's a distraction Right. And so, um, I, I want more people to have that experience. I think we have certainly, we're not perfect. We've got 
plenty of issues on our issues list as an organization, right? Um, but we, I think we're trying to be very intentional about giving people an experience there that they really want to be a part of. And, um, and, you know, we build and shape our vision together. And so, um, that collaboration has been really special for us. And, um, and I think, I think for our clients that have done that well too. And so, yeah, there's some nuggets in here we've got. I want to selfishly absorb some nuggets from people participating in this. And, you know, if this helps us grow the herd uh, while we're doing it, great. Right. right. So, I'm going to fill that stadium. All right. That's right. I think it was actually a game against Michigan. Let's not talk about that. I was at the last Michigan Ohio State game. Oh, I, I was going to recall a more fond memory uh, yeah. that day, but yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, like I said, I was in Michigan yesterday. I don't want to exclude them either. It's just when we're talking football, I, I sway one direction. Uh, Ron, this is awesome. Thank you yeah. immensely for coming on today. I, I'm confident and I'm hopeful, but confident that those who listened were able to pull something that they related to that mattered to them, that, that it did either inspire or, or spark some thought. If nothing else, then slowing down, being more intentional and, you know, kind of that honest self-assessment of what you're doing. If you're somebody's peak leader or what, what you need to do to, to step up and help your business, get some of this clarity. Like there, there's a lot of great things that you shared today. I know we're going to get more into a lot of these and we'll expand on them with specific topics and tools and stories alongside what I hope to be some really compelling interviews. Cause I hear them in the office. I hear them in our sessions uh, from people. And I think some of the best stories go untold largely, right? You hear from thought leaders and the gurus, but the people who are doing it, living it day in, day out and have gotten some really good results in, in growing their businesses. That's who we want to amplify the voice of, right? So uh, stay tuned. I hope that everybody will, uh, you know, give, give us some feedback throughout this process. Uh, let us know what you want to hear more of. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, you can find us on, on YouTube, on uh, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, of course. And then the podcast itself is found. Uh, if you are seeing the video of this, you can find the podcast itself on, on Spotify and uh, Apple Music or, or iTunes and anywhere else that you can find podcasts. But Ron, you're a pretty awesome human in my eyes. I know you you got so much humility. You're like, ah, don't tell me that stuff. Don't give me these. But you've made a mark on my life and countless others. So thank you uh, from everyone here and from those that you've had an impact on. Well, today. I would say the same thing, Joe. This um, having a vision or an idea, that's the easy part making this a reality that's where the rubber meets the road and so kudos right i literally watched you build this studio with your bare hands and uh you gotta you should be proud of it and and um and i love i think you are absolutely in your unique ability um to use some dan sullivan strategic coach language there and super excited for uh you know, just continue to watch you grow um, in this role and, and as our growth uh, leader. So, thank you. Rock on. Yeah, no doubt. Storm. Into the storm. Folks, 
that's it for today. Uh, tune in. We'll see you next time. And again, thank you for all you do. Charge into the storm. Cheers. <laughs>